Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your temporary host, um, pastoral assistant Kevin Kinor. Uh, Pastor Justin is on his way back from a meeting as we speak and is planning to join us shortly. We are all about helping you follow Jesus in the normal, everyday rhythms of life. And today I am joined by our esteemed pastor of discipleship, Rob Spikestra. Hey, good afternoon. And our deacon of Sacred City Youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? And if you guys don't know, today is Alex's birthday. Hey, happy birthday yes, to thank Alex. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, November's a good month for birthdays, I say. Justin's late on my birthday, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> Maybe he's getting you a present. Oh, there he goes. There he is. So we are... Jumping into a segment we do on the podcast called uh, Theology for Everyone, where we are going through a short, concise, um, systematic theology called the Westminster Confession of Faith. And today we are jumping right into Articles 1, 2, and 3 of Chapter 17 of the Perseverance of the Saints. Very good. Well, let me read the first one, and then we'll have some verses after that. So the first one says this, They whom God has accepted in his beloved effectually called and sanctified by his spirit can neither totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace, but shall certainly persevere therein to the end and be eternally saved. What are some verses that we have for, uh, for this phrase? This is good news here. Philippians one here, Mm. verse six. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, that is a, that is a tremendous one. Do we have any, do we have any other verses on this one? Yeah. I have first John three, nine, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because Mm. he has been born of God. Okay, good. Yeah, certainly. I think what we were just uh, what we just kind of acknowledged there, this uh, Philippians chapter one verse six, is such good news for us. And you can see how the divines, as we're getting in, kind of to the um, you know the practice of what does it mean to to follow Christ, to have this as a foundation for our lives. That yeah. really our salvation is not uh, is really not founded upon our ability to hold on uh, to God, but rather His ability to uh, hold on to us. Um, as you guys think about it in terms of, um, you know, in your own life and in terms of working out your own salvation, uh, have you ever found this to be something to, uh, you know, just kind of staring at it a little bit thinking, yeah, this is helpful for uh, for your, your walk? Yeah, I think this is really good news because uh, the everyday struggles of, I mean, just the way our culture is going right now, we can all see it's just kind of... It seems a little dark, you know, but this text right here just gives you that hope, that true joy that just runs up inside, you know, not the happiness that goes up and down like a roller coaster when you check your phone in the morning and it's, the, the, the happiness is gone, but yeah. that true joy of everlasting knowing that yeah. um, Christ will, you know, um, be there in the midst of the, the struggle. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That is very good. Yeah. I think even in seasons of uh, struggle uh, with parenting, for example, mm. when it's like, are, are, the, are my kids, are they are they making the trajectory they should make? Yeah. But just remembering that it's in God's hands, and that's good news. It's not, it's not the perseverance of your parenting, though yeah. that's certainly part of it. It's the perseverance of the saints. It's it's the work of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to keep them and hold them fast if they're His. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, he even when they when I read this again, he talks about uh, the being sanctified by his spirit. Mm-hmm. It's this, uh, uh, you know, when we think about sanctification, we think about it in two ways. One is there's a sanctification in that we are we are separated or set aside by God, called saints yeah. immediately when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, and so that's one setting apart. And then what he does is then he makes that true of our lives yeah. that he then begins to set aside our in sense our behavior mm-hmm. he begins to work in our heart he begins to work in our desires he begins to our desires begin to be set aside for him yeah and that is a work of god that he has done for us and uh, that is really that is good news that is good mm-hmm. news in the in the face of temptation to know that we yeah. can come back to him and and uh, really uh you know ask for his his help on there remind me of your of your verse uh kevin in terms of what it's talked about a, it talked about a seed right what's what did it say again yeah it says no one born of god makes a practice of sinning for god's hmm. seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of god yeah so it's it's this idea that uh, yes i mean it's it's there's an implied yes you may you will sin yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you don't make a practice of it mm-hmm. it's not that that which we keep on working over and over again without the conviction of the holy spirit eventually driving us back bringing us uh yeah. back can so, you break can you break down that practice a little bit because i mean we we all sin every day yeah right but what do you really mean by that that practicing of sin yeah i think i think it's a, it's a fun word to think about if you think about within the context of athletics so within context of athletics many times what we do is you know what's the practice the practice is is to uh work over and over on some certain drills and when you do those certain drills they are there for you so that when you get into the game and when you get into the heat of the combat or the competition, yeah. those drills are so worked into you that that's the way you respond almost naturally. Mm. So I think what's, what this is referring to is that that is... Um, that's not the case for us in terms of uh, in Christ, that it's not a ongoing practice where that becomes the natural or natural response to sin mm-hmm. uh, when we're facing temptations. Uh, now, there are times when we might, uh, for a season, mm-hmm. uh, be foolish and even, you know, maybe start getting into a bad rhythm. Uh, you could even think about the the rhythm of just simply not gathering on a Sunday morning. Yeah. When we get that, that's a that would be a bad practice, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, we are told, you know, to encourage one another to spur one another on to love and good deeds then we're to do that when we gather mm-hmm. and but if we're not gathering that can be a bad practice for a time but the conviction of the holy spirit is going to always make you know can continue to draw us back into yeah. doing the right practice so and yeah. again practicing yeah. gathering on a regular basis so that yeah we are we're reminding ourselves who we are in in christ so i think that's okay. what that's getting at. does that help yeah yeah, yeah. okay all right should we go on to the second one yeah, yeah. we, we go with that okay so then it says this, uh, number two, this perseverance of the saints depends not upon their own free will, but upon the immutability of the decree of election, flowing from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father, upon the efficacy of the merit and intercession of Jesus Christ, the abiding of the Spirit and of the seed of God within them, and the nature of the covenant of grace from all which ariseth also the certainty and infallibility thereof. <laughs> that is a wordy passage. That is yeah, a very yeah. wordy passage. There's a few things we can work out on that one. But what are some verses that we have uh, that would kind of confirm this uh, this phrase? Yeah, so we'll start with, do uh, you mind if I take it line by line and we read scriptures? Oh, sure. Yeah, which one do you want to take? Yeah. So 
this perseverance of the saints depends not upon their own free will, but upon the immutability of the decree of election flowing from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father. I think that's you, Tate. In Jeremiah 31, 3, The Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so an everlasting love. That's that's tremendous. Yeah, because he says here, maybe just some definitions, immutability, just in case we don't know what yeah. that is. It's this idea of not changing or it's not changeable. Mm-hmm. So he says that the perseverance depends not upon our own free will, but rather upon the fact that God's decree of election doesn't change and flows from the free and unchangeable love of God. So I think that's what this Jeremiah 31, 3 passage is really reminding us of, that he's reminding them that his love for them does not change. So anytime we think about election, election isn't a, isn't a from, from the perspective of God, isn't this cold you know, choice of somebody. It is God's love in the eternity past placed upon uh, an individual. And so this is a love that is from eternity past and yeah. will go on into eternity uh, future. And that becomes what is really, uh, you know, the, that, that piece of foundation for us as mm-hmm. in Christ to know that even when I don't feel that love for God, God's love continues to be burning hard and fast yep. uh, for me, for his elect. And that's, that's, that's really good news for us. Yeah, yeah that's really good news. Yeah. Do we have uh, uh, any more? We don't have any more verses on that one. Not do we? for that one. Okay, let's go on to the next one then. Upon the efficacy of the merit and intercession of Jesus Christ, and that is me, I have okay. Hebrews 9, verses 12 through 15. Mm, yeah. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah so efficacy. What's, uh, how do we define efficacy? Um, mm. I think it's the idea of being effective. Is that Would that be, do you have a definition there? Yeah, it's the ability to produce a desired uh, result. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. The ability to produce a desired result. And so we know that the desired result that God had was to save through the merit and intercession of Jesus Christ. Um, And he's going back to, of course, he's going back to the Old Covenant in which the Old Covenant kind of was pointing towards this wonderful new covenant, and that is that the old covenant, the uh, b- blood of bulls and goats were being shed. A life was being given as a payment for sin, yeah. uh, and that was uh, from the Old Testament saint. They were looking to that uh, sacrifice of one that was going to give that forgiveness, but mm-hmm. they knew that it wasn't, they knew that it wasn't truly effective, yeah, right? Yeah. It, yeah, you know, and why was that? Why, did, why wasn't it truly effective? Or how did they know that it wasn't truly effective? They had to keep on doing it. They had to keep yeah. going back, yeah. Damn. Can you imagine? 
back again and again and yeah. again and again, having to, you know, to pay the price once more of another another lamb, another bull, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. blood being shed everywhere. I, I mean, it, it had to have been quite a, a visual, um, visceral, really, um, work that they were having having to do, and yet they had to keep on doing it, always pointing towards uh, a, a sacrifice that was going to be effective, and of course, the one that was going to produce the end, and so that's what our Hebrews writers is showing us, mm-hmm. is that if if... God accepted these blood of goats and bulls for those Old Testament saints. Once Christ came, how much more, he says, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So that's, wow. uh, that's good news there. That's it's good. Good. Effective. That's yeah. good. <laughs> One thing I hadn't thought about, um, you, you mentioned it being a very visual yeah. thing, the sacrifices. And so I, I just, just hit me the, the trudge to the the sacrificial mm-hmm. place, right? When people are watching and going, "Oh man, you know, he must have he must have done something really bad." Yes. And this might be stop me if I'm reaching too far, but do you think there's any comparison there between Jesus's walk to the cross, mm. where he's bearing the cross, and the crowds are watching and saying, "Oh man, you know, he must have done something really bad to have this one coming." Yeah, I would think so. I think, oh well, yeah, I think that's the, that's a perfect picture of it because mm-hmm. it's the shame of the cross. Mm-hmm. He had to bear that shame. It's the same shame that we have with our sin, and I, you know, and I think that's a good thing to bring up is that. Um, you know, we talk about this podcast being for you know just the how do how do you live this out daily? Yeah. Why is this good news for us daily? What's good news for us daily? Because all three of us sitting in this room know that we have sinned today, yeah. and there yeah. is we're shamed. You know, mm-hmm. we, it's shameful, and yet the beauty of it is is that we know that Christ bore that shame on our behalf, and so we can go to Him and you know once again have our conscience cleansed no yeah. more shame yeah. uh we Amen. are accepted uh in the beloved and that's uh that's good news for us yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. good all right next phrase so upon the efficacy of the merit and intercession of Jesus Christ the abiding of the spirit and of the seed of God within them and that's you again Tate uh John 14 uh 16 here and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him you know him for he dwells within you and will be in you yeah that's really good so here we see the the third person of the trinity so if, you, yeah. if we hadn't caught on to that yet now we now know you know the, the first part of the trinity here is we have the father who is in a sense who's you know flowing from his free unchangeable love of god the father mm-hmm. and then we have the son who has actually made what the father desired and loved in eternity past mm-hmm. to have happened christ died for our sins and then the third person the Holy Spirit's the one who actually applies yeah. that individually to each one of our lives. Yeah. Uh, that's the good news. The Trinity is at work yeah. on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's good. good. And I just think it's kind of a, you know, you would think it as he talks about the Holy Spirit, it'd be like, oh, the second king is coming. Mm. But it says the helper. Yeah, the helper. And, and yes. Jesus yeah. is a servant. And it's like, wow, he goes low to the low. Mm. And at the same time, he is king of kings yes, and lord of lords yeah. yeah god serves us in yeah. one sense isn't that amazing he's mm-hmm. our helper i mean the holy spirit is our helper day by yeah. day 
uh, the God of the universe. That's pretty amazing. And it's crazy because just the, our culture is just everybody wants to be on top. Yeah. yeah. If people are named the helper, they're frustrated and trying to get to be right. the top of the top. Right. Yeah. But Jesus is like, the helper's coming. The yeah. only one that's going to sustain you and your desire, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, it's named the helper, which is which is great. It's yeah, good. that is good. That's a great reminder. Good. All right. Next, what's the next uh, phrase? And the nature of the covenant of grace. And this is a callback to Jeremiah thirty-two forty, where hmm. God says, I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I've been reminded uh, just recently of the covenant. Uh, I've been doing a lot of covenant uh, memberships uh, for this. You know, we had new members come yeah, in, and yeah. I, we, you know, we have them, uh, you know, read through. I read through a covenant with them, but mm-hmm. I was reminding, I reminded them, but it keeps reminding me uh, that the covenant is a promise that is made to another that's not dependent upon the other to complete that covenant, yeah. meaning that. Even though, you know, we think of our of our marriages. That's a covenant where uh, I covenant to love my my wife, yes. and and she covenants to love me. But we're not that covenant isn't dependent upon how well I do it. In other words, I'm not a perfect husband. I know it's a surprise to all of you here. I'm not a perfect <laughs> yeah. husband. Yeah, I'm not a perfect husband. I can tell you that right now. But my wife continues to remain true to the covenant, not because I'm I'm always perfect, yeah. but that because she's made that commitment. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here in the covenant is that God has made, has determined to make a covenant with us, a promise with us. And he's not looking for us to be the ones who are going, he's not going to say, well, I'll stick with, I'll stick with you until you blow it. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be about a, what, a two or three minute covenant (laughs) (laughs) with all of us. So, (laughs) so there's, yeah. So he's, he's also entered into this, um, Mm -hmm. this decision of his own will by his grace to make this promise with us. That's good. Yeah. From all which ariseth also the certainty and infallibility thereof. All right. That's 1 John 2. 1 John 2, 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. Hmm. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. Okay. Yeah, and I think the idea here is uh, is of the certainty that 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 when we're talking about the perseverance of the saints, it is that which is certain and it's infallible. That is that uh, it will not fail. Yeah. And uh, if and I think what what the John was writing there is that in in the long run, when they when individuals walk away and and turn away, there's a, that reveals that they were never originally mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. Um, so. That's scary, though, because yeah. um, there's the people that are at the highest level, you know, preaching the word and, you know, people are saying they're coming through, coming to Christ and baptizing. And then they say, I don't want a relationship with Christ. This is this is not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not just them going to a different church. It's them completely saying that, you know, they do not worship, you know. Right. Right. The true and, king. And there, I think that's even with first this first John passage you read for us, there's an implied warning there. And that is that, um, and, and there's a, a number of warnings. We have a number of warnings in Hebrews that, that talks about, um, or they're like if statements where, you know, this is true of you if you persevere or if you endure. And so you need to think, well, wait a minute, does that mean it's dependent upon me? Well, the warning, the warning passages and this implied warning here is, is that it actually creates the very thing it warns. So in other words, 
uh, it creates within us, well, I don't want to be one of those individuals. I don't want to walk away. Yeah. And so what interesting thing, what it does, these, these if statements or these warning passages, is that it in one sense strikes a bit of good, healthy, sobering fear in us. Said, well, I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, God uses that as a means of grace to actually cause obedience in our lives. Mm. That it, it, it really it causes us to say, well, I want to walk with the Lord then. I want to walk with the Lord. I don't want to be those people. Yeah. And so I, I do want to gather on Sundays. I do want to be fellowshipping with uh, my MC, and, and I do want them to call me out on my sin. All yeah. those things, yeah. you know, to keep me in. So God, you know, this whole idea of perseverance as saints isn't apart from us. We still have a place to play in this. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of it is, is that God uses all of these things, and one of these things is these warnings, to cause us to actually be obedient to to walk with him to practice righteousness ultimately so yeah all right yeah and i think the opposite or the the inverse of that they went out from us because they were not of us is it's even an encouragement that even if you're struggling in your sin god is still with you Mm -hmm. god is still holding you fast and that if your if your faith is in him he's not just going to cut you loose he's not going to say ah well you know yeah I, Jesus died up to a point, but you're just you're just really messing up. But right. instead, he's like, no, you know, I will hold you fast. Yeah, mm. I will hold you fast. That's good. All right, shall we uh, get to the last one, number three? Sounds good. All right, nevertheless, they may, through the temptations of Satan and of the world, the prevalency of corruption remaining in them and the neglect of the means of their preservation, fall into grievous sins and, for a time, continue therein whereby they incur God's displeasure and grieve his Holy Spirit, come to be deprived of some measure of their graces and comforts, have their hearts hardened and their conscience wounded, hurt and scandalize others and bring temporal judgments upon themselves. Once again, a really long sentence. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what do, we, what do we want to start with here? Yeah, so nevertheless, they may through the temptations of Satan and the world, the prevalency of corruption remaining in them, and the neglect of the means of their preservation fall into grievous sins. Will you read that, Matthew? Yes, Matthew twenty five seventy. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him and said, and she said to the bystander, this is the man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know him. After a while, the bystander came up and said to Peter, certainly you two are one of them. There you go. Yeah. Well, we all know that story. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> here, here, Peter, just a couple uh, hours previous to this, said, I will even die with you if yeah. I must. But uh, what we're getting here in this third point is that, yes, we, there is a perseverance of saints, but it is possible for us to fall away, and it says yeah. here, because of corruption remaining in us mm-hmm. or the neglect of the means of preservation. That yeah. means, again, those means that God has given to us, whether that be, as we've even talked about earlier, the gathering on a Sunday morning or uh, being in God's word, prayer, fall into grievous sins, this this can occur, and Peter is a perfect example of that, of a man who, uh, yes, he ultimately he was been elect, and he was going to persevere, but we can fall into sin as he did and, re- and yeah. deny, and yeah. deny our Lord, and yeah. we, we right. do that all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. 
So fall into grievous sins and for a time continue therein, whereby they incur God's displeasure and grieve his Holy Spirit. Mm. So, Tate, you want to take uh, Isaiah? Uh, Isaiah 64. You meet him with the joyful works of righteousness. Those who remember you in your ways, behold, you were angry and we sinned in our sins. We have been a long, a long time and shall be saved. Okay. Yeah, so uh, again, I think it's a description there of someone who has, as they even write here, they, they incur God's displeasure and and does grieve his Holy Spirit was that part of that uh, part of that phrase or is this is that another verse yeah, that we have? Yeah, and grieve come? his Holy Spirit. Yeah, and grieve his Holy Spirit, and and of course there, there's a New Testament uh, passage for the grieving of the Holy Spirit, but that's the the idea that uh, again you know the beauty of it is is that as we even you even read earlier, Alex, about the fact that the Holy Spirit is given to us as our helper, even though he exists within us, there is a grieving that can yeah. actually occur. Be, uh, you know, with him present in us because of the sin that we have that we have fallen into. So, yeah, um, it's possible. It's yeah. possible for a time that mm-hmm. we can be grieving, grieving him. Uh, the beauty of the grieving of him is that we grieve over that uh, that we love. And yeah. this, again, the Father's love never changes for us. Yeah. He grieves over our our, our sin, uh, but never abandons us in that sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and grieve His Holy Spirit come to be deprived of some measure of their graces and comforts. Mm. So Psalm 51, verses 8, 10, and 12. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out my iniquities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, of course, Psalm 51, which is the psalm that we know was attached to after the conviction of David, um, David's heart being convicted of the, all that sin that, yeah. that occurred with uh, Bathsheba and mm-hmm. the murder of Uriah, um, and this wonderful psalm that really helps us to see into the heart and life of, a, of an individual who has sinned and been convicted of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, part of that, part of when we fall into sin is that there is a, as this, as the uh, divine said here, uh, the measure of graces and comforts, we're deprived of some of those things. Yeah. So when you think about it in your own life, when you sin, uh, uh, you know, what does that do in terms of your own enjoyment of that salva- of your salvation? You know, you're living in sin or, you, you, you know, you've, you've sinned and you've kind of been holding on to it, maybe hiding it. Mm-hmm. What has happened in your own experience? Man, I get so grumpy. You know, it's just like... <laughs> It's there, and, you know, like the marriage covenant, my wife knows if yeah. I've been whatever. And you bring it up, and it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I really messed up. And then it's like, oh, you know, there's there's that weight of it when you don't uh, when you don't walk in the truth of it. And so it's, it's like, uh, I think a previous section talked about God's countenance mm. um, not being on us. Yeah. And so you can really feel that in those seasons where yeah. you're just, yeah, you're just intentionally set against the things of God, and God says, "All right, you know, you're gonna miss out on on all this joy yeah. until you do what I've called you to do." Right? Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, so just a loss of joy. You know, my, my, my wife drives me crazy because she's so intuitive. And I'll be, I think <laughs> I'm hiding, you know, yeah. from her. I think I'm, I'm trying to put on a good, good smile and a good face and everything. She goes, what's wrong? And I'll be, yeah. nothing, nothing's wrong. There's nothing I'm wrong. Great. Right, right. <laughs> when the whole time I'm, I'm feeling this conviction of the spirit saying, you just need to deal with this sin here, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. So, yeah, yeah that's, we, we, we lose that comfort, uh, the graces and comforts. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's uh, get the, the last few here. Yep. So as, as we do this, as we're deprived of some measure of our graces and comforts, they have their hearts hardened and their consciences wounded, hurt and scandalize others, and bring temporal judgments upon themselves. All right. What's our verse for this one? Yeah. So have their hearts hardened. That's Isaiah. Isaiah 63. O oh Lord, why do you make us wander from your ways? And harden our hearts mm. so that we fear you not. Mm. Return for the sake of your servant, the tribes of your heritage. Wow. And then Mark sixteen fourteen. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Mm. Because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that certainly is something that... Um, you know, uh, uh, when we when we look at people, we, we're looking for that soft heart. You want to have a soft heart. You want to be sensitive. You want to be able to respond appropriately to yeah. others, respond, rep- uh, you know, uh, appropriately to our God. And then, yeah. So when we walk in sin, what happens? Our hearts are hard. We're not we're not sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. That this is a this hurts. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. one really, really hurts. Hurts us and it hurts others. Yeah, it yeah. really does. It's just exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. It's tiring. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. It really is. Do we have any other verses that we're going to read on these? On these? That is about it for That's us. That's about it. Okay. For now. The beauty of this, and I think we, you know, we want to kind of end with a, with the good news is God, it, it, God always brings us point to a point of conviction and yeah. he brings us to a point of repentance. Yeah. And so, you know, in our world today, uh, calling out our own sin, having somebody call out our sin for us, helping us to see our sin, we, we want to, in our world, we say, oh, we don't want that. We want to hide that. Yeah. Yeah. And God says, no, here's the good news. The good news is I have forgiveness for you. I have forgiveness for anyone who will repent of their sins and, and to confess our sins and to yeah. repent of those sins is good news for us because then we get back into what happened with with David and that is with that Psalm 51 got back into the smiling face of God back upon him God continued to use him even after that horrid stuff that he did and and same is true for us we have good news uh, good news there in our our faith and repentance so good news perseverance good news we can get back into grace with god in terms of just enjoying him by our faith and repentance amen all right all right how do we end this thing well thank you guys for listening um if you have any questions comments concerns future podcast ideas feel free to email pastor justin uh justin dean at sacredcitychurch.com if you want to help us out we're on itunes we're on spotify give us a rating give us a comment uh, just to help make this content more accessible to more people We love you guys. We're praying for you and we'll talk to you next time.